0: for Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuwana's Now.
1: Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television.
0: I can't stop thinking about the dark side of the moon and the holiday weekend is on the horizon. So we couldn't be much better than we are right now. Welcome in Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the new ESPN Montana app. Thank you so much for being here no matter how you're tuning in. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport, new to Missoula, new to Montana. You can find them here in the Garden City at the corner of Stevenson and Mount. You can also visit online at nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. If you're watching on TV and you see me on my phones, because that's where I got my Google Doc, uh, we're on the horizon of the five-day weekend here, which is a a great thing uh, to celebrate Independence Day. We will not have a show tomorrow. We will not have a show on Monday. We will not have a show on Tuesday. But uh, that also means that a lot of the people around here are already gone. <laughs> so <laughs> I've never had so much time off. <laughs> this is a new thing for me. Well, me and you've been the only ones hanging out around here. The I mean this is this is a long time off for a lot of people, but uh, <laughs> hopefully everybody's out there doing uh, just okay. So last show of the week, Tommy's convincing me that TikTok is going to be an essential part of my life. He yes. showed me uh I don't even know, man. Uh, I told him, I looked at him as soon as I watched the first TikTok video that he showed me and said, thanks for ruining my life because uh, it was a video about space and time and meters and diameters and measurements and symbolisms and... And all the numbers and how they're all connected. uh, That's exactly right. And this was, I saw at the very end of this video that it was the first of four parts. So I know what I'm doing this weekend. Enjoying the sunshine as much as I can, but when I'm not, probably watching the other four parts of that uh, TikTok album. Ton of stuff going on around the wide world of sports today. We also have a ton of stuff going on here today because we don't have a Friday show It's Thursday Pie Day. Usually we do Friday Pie Day, presented by Front Street Pizza, but this is Thursday Pie Day, so stay tuned. Uh, 5 o'clock hour, somewhere around 5.15, we'll give you an opportunity to win a free pizza from Front Street Pizza. All you're going to have to do is call in. You'll tell Tommy your name. He'll call Front Street Pizza. He'll put your order in. You go pick up your za. get your weekend started off right, a little pizza from Front Street Pizza. We also continue our Thursday summer series. Around the Big Scan Women's Hoops, Where Are They Now edition, this week presented by Man Mortgage. And my great friend, our great colleague, our women's basketball insider, Krista Redpath is here, as is Mackenzie Johnson, a fan favorite for the Lady Grizz, a young lady who was an outstanding player here at the University of Montana and is now playing professionally. So we'll catch up with her, everything she's been up to, and uh, that'll be basically... The tail of the tape for hour number one. Hour number two, our great buddy Rajim Seabrook will be riding shotgun with me. We are going to talk all the way around the wide world of sports, both here in Missoula with the Missoula Mavericks and their upcoming Hall of Fame. Plus, a reminder, and I'll keep on telling you, all the money you spend at Buff City Soap today, 20% is going to get donated to the Missoula Mavericks. It's a cause that's close to our hearts because we are big supporters of the Mavs. We always donate uh, to baseball here in, in Missoula. And Tommy... He's got a little all-star brother playing on the Mavs uh up and comer. He's he's just my all... little brother is fourteen. He's like six inches taller than I am. <laughs> he's the most like ripped buff kid I know, and he's out there just ripping it up. He's lefty number awesome, eight man. on the Missoula Mavs. So if you can get out there and buy some soap, help my brother Cody get out there and cover some travel expenses, that mean the world to me. I have random musings also about the NFL, the NBA, and Paul from Dig Missoula. They have their Big Sand Volleyball Tournament next week, so we'll get into that as well. So there you go. That's your show, Outlook. It's presented by Brett Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any questions you might have in the real estate world in western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. I made this outlet this morning. I actually sent it off to Tommy uh, pretty bright and early. Do you not uh, is, is that yesterday's in there? Uh just the just the uh, printed version. Yeah, I got I got it on my Google Doc. It's all oh, good. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah, I got a, I got my Google Doc here on my phone. The printing is from yesterday, but we um, we have a lot of people out. It's all good. It's all good. I got this I got this thing memorized besides my initial notes here, so okay. we'll, we'll be just fine. That's all to say though. I uh didn't know Who could have known? The, dare I say, earth-shattering news that came down the pipe this afternoon. I I had already had this uh, Google Doc sent out. So I want to talk a little bit about what has been a central theme of our college football conversation around here for several years now. Bombshell news. The University of Southern California... And the University of California, Los Angeles, that's better known as USC and UCLA, two of the premier institutions and athletic departments in the country, are leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten. What does this mean? We'll tell you in a minute. I want to get through the (laughs) much less thrilling news of the day. Just a couple quick hitters for you. First of all, we mentioned this on the show yesterday, but worth mentioning again. Big Sky Conference football will have two national games on TV this year. October 1st, when UC Davis plays at Montana State, that's going to be on either ESPN2 or ESPNU. And then October 22nd, when the Grizzlies play at Sacramento State, that will be on the Deuce. That will be on ESPN2. So potential for two national television games. ESPNU is a, a national game as well, but actually on your cable national TV, uh, two games potentially, and at least one uh, involving the Montana schools another uh, piece of news that kind of went under the radar because of the timing of it. But Dan Russell, who is the associate head coach of Montana state men's basketball, he was on his way to Weber state. So he's making a move within the conference. Dan Russell did a good job there at Montana state, helped bring some good talent to the Bobcats. So Danny sprinkle in the market for a new, uh, assistant, the Missoula paddleheads. They continued to roll. Look at this guy, Tommy saving the day. It looks better on TV when I don't read off my phone, I guess. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Missoula Paddleheads, they stay hot. They continue uh, to roll. They have now won eight in a row. So uh, keep it tuned here, ESPN Missoula, for all your Missoula Paddleheads action throughout the rest of the summer. Tonight, Thursday, Thursday. Tomorrow, it's a firework night down there at the, uh, the stadium and uh, the uh, hometown club. The Paddleheads are rolling right along. In recruiting news, one of the top recruits in the state of Montana is Jacob Anderson. He is a uh, man size, should I say, uh, offensive tackle out of Billings West. I thought he looked D1 from the moment I ever saw him, and he has proven that in the offers that he's been able to garner out of Billings West. He's going into his senior year, but yesterday, Jacob Anderson, the big offensive lineman from West, committed to Oregon State. He chooses the Beavers over offers from Montana, Montana State, Baylor, Utah, Nevada, and Colorado. So pretty impressive list of schools there. So congrats to Jacob Anderson. We'll see if that commitment sticks. But as of right now, the top prospect in the state of Montana on his way to Oregon State. And finally, the prep news of the day, the Gatorade Player of the Year Awards for track and field. Kenzie May of Missoula Hellgate, she wins the Girls Award. That's her third Gatorade uh, Athlete of the Year. She was cross-country Gatorade Runner of the Year two years in a row at Missoula Hellgate. And then she was the girls track and field Gatorade Player of the Year this last spring. She's on her way to Syracuse. The boys Gatorade Track Athlete of the Year, Garrett Coley, an outstanding do-everything from uh, Bozeman Gallatin. Bozeman Gallatin, this is their first ever male Gatorade Athlete of the Year award in any sport and their first track and field athlete of the year award as well. The, Bozeman Gallatin only been around for two years as a high school. But Garrett Coley, the state champion in the high jump, in the long jump, a state placer in the short and long hurdles, so a ton of a great recognition and decoration for Garrett Coley, and capped with one of, if not the most prestigious awards in a prep, track, and field here in the Treasure State. Noah is now ESPN Radio. We're probably going to have to come back to our conversation about the uh, continued reshuffling of the college football landscape, but I'll tell you this. Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC, that's fun to talk about, fun to analyze, interesting to analyze from a business perspective, from a variety of different perspectives. USC and UCLA to the Big Ten is much more impactful for the world of college football here in the state of Montana. Dominoes in Division One sports are real. With USC and UCLA leaving, the Pac-12 is certainly going to want to replace at least one of those schools with a California school in their membership. Or or maybe they just don't have 12 teams anymore. Maybe they go back to 10. But it's a huge loss for the Pac-12. Because now you lose the LA media market. And now the Big Ten gains the Los Angeles media market. That's going to have ramifications across the board. If those two teams leave, though, and the Pac-12 wants to keep at 12 teams, they're going to have to add two. Who are they going to add? Is North Dakota State in the mix as a Pac-12? I'm not sure. I used to. I used to give you the answer, hell no, because of regionality and things like that. But that clearly doesn't matter. We now have UCLA and USC in the same conference as Rutgers. What? <laughs> it's all. It's all a calamity. But I think it's indicative of much, much bigger moves. I think this is indicative of a complete fracturing of Division I football and a complete fracturing of Division I athletics. My personal opinion is that when this all comes to fruition, the top, let's say, 40 or 50 football teams in the country at the Division I level are going to have complete autonomy from everybody else. They're going to be separate from everybody else. They're going to be playing in a new division as everybody else. They're not going to be under NCAA monitoring or Logistics, so a ton to get to. We will get to most of it with Rajeev uh, in the second hour of this show. But we got to take an early break here because we're going to fill up the rest of the first hour with a fun interview. Crystal Redpath, our Big Sky Conference women's basketball expert, is in studio to continue our Big Sky Conference uh, around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops series this summer's theme. A Where Are They Now series catching up with a bunch of Prominent former Bobcat and Lady Grizz basketball players and coaches. So, very much look forward to that. We're also going to give you an opportunity to win a pizza about 515. And we're also going to give you an opportunity to win some sandwiches and some beer from Warden's Market about 445. So, a lot of fun stuff to get to, including Chris Redpath and Mackenzie Johnston around the big sky and women's hoops presented by Man Mortgage. Right after this, keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschulteilaw.com. Chris Redpath, our Big Sky Conference expert, joins us each Thursday during the four o'clock hour. This week, once again, presented by our friends at Man Mortgage. Man Mortgage is your local hometown mortgage lender if you're looking to buy or build a new home this year, refinance to a lower rate, or use your home's equity for an exciting new project, make sure to call Man Mortgage, a family owned Montana company. Man Mortgage has been serving Montana's community statewide since 1989. Man Mortgage tried, trusted, and true. This week in our Where Are They Now series, Mackenzie Johnson, former Lady Grizz, now playing professionally overseas in Germany. Mackenzie, thank you so much for being here. This is actually super funny. We uh, teased this yesterday because I was coming uh, live from Old Works Golf Course in Anaconda, oh, yeah. and we were saying how you had anaconda roots. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Then I went to dinner at Barclays, and I, I had never seen or met your dad, but one of the guys <laughs> I was with was like, that's Mackenzie Johnson's dad. So I was like, oh, hey, Mark, I think your daughter's going to be on the show tomorrow. So thanks for being here. Oh, yeah,
2: that's awesome. I didn't Realize you saw them there, but I, I heard they did the whole Phillipsburg Anaconda.
0: Nice, the whole love, thing. Love it. Well, Anna, good, meal. good
2: meal at Barclays. Oh,
0: but good meal uh, indeed. It was awesome. This is like my dream restaurant you get the the pasta and the ravioli and the salad all with the meal that's like an addition to the meal it's like it's like old school i love that place
1: nice thick steak is that oh what for you
0: sure 100% steak and shrimp and mean, ice cream at the end uh-huh i, I mean they get the whole gamut mm-hmm. i could you can i if that was around here though i'd go there once a week and i'd probably gain 50 pounds but uh, it's good to be in anaconda that's such a fun place to have roots from though i mean mm-hmm. you graduated from Helena capital but anaconda loves their basketball more than anything i mean why do you think that is um, there was a lot of good players there growing up. Uh, we got
2: lucky. Uh, so growing up, uh, got to watch my sisters play and um, everyone was very welcoming. I, I would join their teams and being a small town, they'd need some younger players. So I think at such a young age, you just get to grow up playing with um, older teams. So I think that helps a lot too.
0: Kristen, did you play with any Anaconda people? Because there's been some some great Anaconda players that have played for the Lady Bay. Oh, I know. Tori Hill. Tori Hill, Allie Hurley. Allie
1: Hurley. They were younger than me. Yeah, so right, no, I totally. don't necessarily my sister-in-law's from Anaconda. Oh, interesting. So there's the Anaconda. See, I, I, I feel like can... all things good go through Anaconda. See,
0: yeah. this is this is it. If if we talk about Anaconda on this show, I get texts or calls every time. Doesn't matter. There's at least somebody that's gonna say, Hey, g- good job, you know, talking about the the heartland, as it were. You know, it's uh, it's funny how much pride. Uh, people have uh, in Anaconda. Uh, first, let's start with the here and now. You've been back stateside since when? April. You were you're living in Germany. So, uh, w- what's it like being back? Um, it
2: it's wonderful. Um, I was excited to get back. Eight months away uh, from Montana, especially when you don't leave here much, um, is hard. Uh, but getting back and getting back in the swing of things uh, culturally and being around English-speaking, I think, was the thing I was looking forward to the most. Um, but it's been great since I've been back, and now that the weather's getting nice, that's been helpful as well.
0: The language barrier, was that hard?
2: Mostly everyone spoke German. Mm-hmm. I mean, English. English um, sure. But when you're on a train, when you're anywhere out, you just all you hear is German speaking, obviously. Um, so you kind of become brain dead, I would say, because you're just <laughs> zoning everyone right. else out. So my English definitely got worse. My talking got worse. I'd have to ask some of my German teammates for, like, what English word am I thinking of? And they knew it before I did. Um, so yeah, that was a challenge to get back into that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Did you remember that part as well? I do, I do remember that yeah.
1: challenge of just being in a big city because I was in Copenhagen, Denmark, and you were in a big city, everything was in Danish. It was really special for people to want to speak English. It was a mm-hmm. bit of a novelty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was their secondary language. So they would have phrases to say but I wouldn't say that that was their primary. They would die, they would go back to Danish, even in basketball games. They'd go back to Danish, and I'd be a little lost at times. But I do think the language barrier was challenging, mm-hmm. just taking buses. Yeah. And I know you weren't from you weren't playing in a big city. Mm-mm. It was more south of Frankfurt, yeah. Bad Homburg. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, how many people kids were in that?
2: I would say about Missoula, about the size of okay. Missoula, but um, not many young people. It was all the wealthy people coming from the city. Um, to go home to. So, just a little suburb outside of the big city.
0: So, take us through some of the places you got to go though. So, where does where did the basketball take you? Any cool cities? Um,
2: basketball only in Germany. Um sure. uh, Munich. Yeah. I would say would be the coolest place, but Outside of basketball, we had a lot of time, so Lizzie and I really got to see a lot of countries while we were there, but the team was just in Germany.
0: So who's Lizzie? Clinker. Oh, so Lizzie Clinker from Idaho, who's a a Montana gal herself, so you guys were over there on the same club? I guess I had not realized that.
2: Yes. So was that cool to
0: have a lifeline, kind of? I mean, somebody that you've been friends with and that you've known?
2: Oh, yeah. We played travel basketball together, I think up until like seventh grade or eighth grade or so. Mm -hmm. Um, We lived together over there. so being able to communicate and both of us getting out for the first time and going through everything together was a really good experience. And knowing I'd go over there with someone you, I liked and sure. just you're around them 24-7 for eight months. And so getting along with them is very, very important
0: with the experience. Was well, that a coincidence or did you guys choose to go to the same club together?
1: Um, have the same
0: agents. Okay. Jean McNulty
1: yeah. King. Gene uh, McNulty King, yeah. former Lady Grizz, seems to take care of a lot of yeah. Big Sky Conference athletes. Yeah. What did Lizzie Klinker say about the rivalry with Montana? Did she talk anything about that or what it was like to come into Dalberg Arena?
2: Um, she enjoyed coming to play, uh, that's for sure. Uh, there wasn't too much trash talking with us about the two teams. Um, but yeah, we talked about it, and I think she'd always just say how tough the crowd was to play in Montana, but they enjoyed playing because of just the experience you get and how many fans we do get here.
1: And obviously a Fairfield, the Klinker family is sure. very well known mm-hmm. in the state, but going to play for John Newley, who we have a lot of respect for, Coulter and I talk a lot of John Newley on mm-hmm. the show, and the Klinker sisters were definitely success stories for Idaho.
0: Yeah, great, great players, uh, to be certain. what From your Lady Grizz perspective, what did you guys think of Idaho? Because I know there's people that follow the Big Sky Conference of a certain age that think, you know, I mean, Idaho is like the rival besides the Cats, right? Mm-hmm. Did, did you guys feel that way when you guys were playing against them?
2: Um, they were always really good while I was here. For sure. Yeah, I mean, they were um,
0: one of the best teams in the league when you were here, for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, I I would look at it as a rivalry, but more so they are they were kind of always the opposite kind of team we were. Um, They were very guard-oriented, three-point shooters all the way, and we were more in the post. So it was, I think, a tough matchup for both teams. For sure. So it was always kind of interesting to see how the game would go. But we usually played them pretty hard here, and then we'd go there and they'd play good in their place. So it was always kind of a battle
0: with us. There was that one game here at Dahlberg where when they still had Michaela Friends and Taylor Pierce, mm-hmm. the Splash Sisters, shooting so many threes. But I remember you guys just threw it inside over and over and over again to Jace Henderson. She yes. had like 35 points. Exactly what you're talking about, though, yep. right? Kind of the contrasting in styles. Exactly. That was probably a fun memory for you.
2: Yeah, that was a fun game. Um, I think I, I guarded Taylor Pierce, and she either had like zero or three points, and that's... Ooh,
1: that's- that's
2: that, nice. Yeah, that's yeah. well. That was my big worry, and especially with Jace in the post that game, I I didn't have to worry about much besides stopping her and then getting the ball inside. So how,
0: how do you, I mean, when you're guarding a player like that, how do you do it? I mean, you basically, just can't let him catch the ball, right? Because she's so good off the ball. Once she catches it, it's just going up.
2: Yeah, um, I think all the years of playing tag in the neighborhood and <laughs> chase um, growing up, I think paid off because I my eyes were just on her when you played. I like guarding people who you don't want to get the ball because you don't have to worry about anything else going on. Sure. They say just focus on them and don't let them touch it. So...
1: Kins, you were always a player that I admired because you always did what you needed to do to make your team better. And when I followed you over in Germany this year, that's one thing I noticed early on, you were really scoring a ton, um, which you can do. You Mm. can score it well. You're just that type of guard. But I noticed that your points became less as you found more offensive weapons. You were Mm. averaging a league high five and a half assists a game. And yeah. you found some weapons on your team and won a championship over there in the second highest league in Germany. Talk mm-hmm. about that.
2: Yeah, so um, when I got there, I mean, they expect a lot from the Americans, as you know. Mm-hmm. They most do. of the time they look for scores, which I've been a scorer, but that's not my first instinct always. And he was getting mad at me at the beginning. He's like, your jumper's there. That's why we want you here is to shoot your jumper. but." I was surrounded by so many good players and so many good shooters that it was hard for me to decide that that was the best shot for our team.
1: Well, you brought that out in them. Yeah.
0: So that's Thank pretty you. special. In the in terms of stylistic differences, what did you notice? Well, what's the biggest difference in the pro game?
1: Um, defense isn't much
0: of a thing like it is here. Especially the European style game, that's particularly true, right? Yeah.
2: But our team got after it on defense in practice and games. We'd always actually every article that got translated to me because I obviously couldn't read them. <laughs> That's funny, um, so you
0: had to get like a co-reader. Yeah, we'd
2: put it up to the article and it would translate for us on our phones. Wow. Um, but all the teams complained about how physical our team was, um, which was really cool. Um, but team defense wasn't much of a thing yeah. and that was focused a lot at the Grizz and um, at Capitol High School too, defense was huge. So um, just kind of getting used to that. Defenses and is it's more of a one-on-one thing over
0: there. We're on the Big Sky and Women's Hoops. It's presented this week by Man mortgages This our Where Are They Now summer series. Mackenzie Johnston, former Lady Grizz in studio, as is Krista Redpath, our uh, Big Sky Conference women's basketball expert. Anything else that really surprised I guess do you do you notice a definitive difference in, in the skill level? Like when you're playing point guard and you know you drive and you dish. Is it different? I mean, is is there a different level of shooting that you're played with, or I mean, is the big sky sort of applicable to that? Is, is it sort of similar?
2: Um, at the beginning, I thought it was similar, but then I definitely noticed a difference, um, especially the post game. Um, they don't really teach them skill work as much, I think, as over here. Mm, um, interesting. Yeah, so I got to work with some of the younger teams and do skill stuff, and they they would always tell me we never learn anything like this. So that was pretty cool, um, but yeah, playing with the post, I'd throw that lob that I was I was talking to Jay Sanderson yesterday sure. about it. Like you and I were in sync and I know when to throw it before you even knew it was coming. Sure. I knew you'd catch it. And I tried to do that over there. It wouldn't work as well. Uh, so. Well,
0: Robin Sylvie was in with us last week and he was just a laugh a minute, but we were talking about exactly that. Just how simple he would make it, but just main goals, right? Just catch the ball. Like he used to tell you, just pass catch.
1: and catch. <laughs> pass, pass and, and catch. catch. Yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds pretty simple.
0: Yeah, but famous words by him. (laughs) (laughs) No question. Uh, What was your favorite part about Germany or anything that surprised you about the country itself?
2: The food was Mm -hmm. the best part. And he said it was good. That's interesting. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah, So Frankfurt, they call it like the melting pot or something like that, um, Mm -hmm. where people from everywhere come and they settle. And so there is authentic food, as much as you can imagine. So we did the African food, the Thai, the Indian. We got it all, and Lizzie liked food as much as I did, so we would definitely go out and try to find the best food.
1: Lots of fresh food, too, because it was similar to Seattle Climate, which you talked about in terms of the fact that gardens were year-round, so you had access to a lot of fresh food. It was
2: fresh, and it was cheap. Like Coming back here, I could not believe. I went to the store with my mom, and I looked at the bill, and I was like, oh my goodness, that would have been over here $120 or whatever is about 30 to 40 over there, and you're getting wow. all fresh stuff, none of the
0: processed food like we have here, too. So, if we're, we're there in Germany with you, we come to visit you, and you're taking us out to eat, where are you going to take us? Like, what, what meal are you telling me that I have to order? Well, we'd have to stop at a donor kebab
2: place, for sure. That's like their fast okay. food, but nice stuff. Um have What's to,
0: on the kebab?
2: It's kind of like a Euro. Okay. But the right. German version. So sure. there's not the tzatziki. Yeah, yeah. But everything else is kind of the same, but it's, it's like the mustard. rotating it's meat. Like mustard and um, hummus sometimes. Okay. In different sauces. It's the rotating meat okay. that they they put fries on it. It's so good. But African was really good. Huh. And that'd be something I'd be like, okay, you need to branch out and try this stuff. Um, our managers taught us how to make schnitzel. Well, okay. So I still have to make that for my family. But yeah, so there's
0: there's good stuff. So a lot of Mediterranean influence, it sounds like. Yeah. I was just thinking Germans. I was just thinking, you know, brats and beers. But <laughs>
1: cabbage, meat, potatoes. Sure. Yeah,
2: that, that definitely a big thing over there. But we didn't do that part as much. We did everything else.
0: This is so interesting. I love uh, the opportunity to travel uh, foreignly. What, what was it like just living there? I mean, what was your living situation like? Did you have a car? And if not, mm-hmm. was that different? Yeah, we had a smart car. So about oh wow.
2: a little smaller than this table, I would say. <laughs> it was a two-seater for us. Um, and the Autobahn, where you can go as fast as you want, right. it would shake. So Or a big truck would come by, like a semi, and it would start to drift towards the semi. So things like that were interesting. There's not really big cars over there. Everything's small. Um, so actually, when I got back here, I started to tear up when I got in my car for the first time because I just missed being able to tell people that they can come in my car for sure. and having room for things. And I think the smart cars are made like kind of a plastic. So I didn't feel as safe.
0: <laughs> so, so interesting. Did you ever test how fast the smart car goes on the Audubon?
2: Oh, yeah. We got it up. We got it up all the way. Um, I think it was 130 kilometers per hour, which is not that much, yeah, but no. the guy we lived with, so we lived with our coach's brother mm. and he was taking us to the airport at like five in the morning or something and no one was on the Autobahn and we got up to, I think, 140 miles per hour. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was pretty fun. So speaking of family, your parents made a trip over Mm -hmm. and got a chance to watch you play, Mark and Sherry. Mm -hmm. Um, What was that like to have them come over and watch you play and be a part of your German experience?
2: Um, It was very nice. They came over right after Christmas, which was helpful because that was a tough time not to be able to go home. Um, But that's the first time they've been to Europe or anything like that. And I joke with them that that's the first time I had to take care of my parents and I felt like the adults with them because they had no idea what's going on, the train system, all that. Um, They got to watch one game. I think we won like 120 to 40. So I wish it would have been a better game for them to come watch. Um, But I got my mom to Paris for her birthday. And then we also drove to Austria and Switzerland. So We got a lot in while they were here. And that was the important part just to make those experiences.
1: And your older sisters and Mm -hmm. your younger brother, Parker, who's a wide receiver at Montana Tech. Mm -hmm. Um, And your two older sisters, Marky and Jordan, your brother-in-law, Connor. Yes. And now you have a nephew. Yes. Little Sutton that just turned one. Yeah. But they all got to watch you, you know, because there were some of the games were live streamed. I was able to watch the championship. Mm -hmm. So that was really nice. Yeah. And Uh, for them to all be able to support too. Yeah. One of
2: our... Our team was one of the only ones that had live stream throughout the year. So, when we had
1: home games, they were able to watch. So it's nice good. to keep connected and have your family be able to watch. Yes.
0: Mackenzie Johnson, former Lady Grizz, currently playing professionally over in Germany. Joining us here on Nuana's Now ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Mackenzie, a, a senior for the Lady Grizz, back in 2020 now, uh, playing overseas. This is part of our Around the Big Sky and Women's Hoops. Chris Redpath will join us each Thursday, and we will highlight... Former Lady Grizz, former Bobcats, and former Big Sky Conference standouts as part of our Where Are They Now? series this week presented by Man Mortgage. Man Mortgage, your hometown lender. Tried, trusted, and proven. Contact Man Mortgage for more information. Missoula.manmortgage.com, or you can call the local office. 406-542-0700. You mentioned the lopsided score when your family was there. Is there a varying level of intensity? Because when you, when you play college basketball, especially when you're playing in-conference, It doesn't matter if you're playing the first or the last place team. It's like a war every single time, right? Did you see sort of more uh, variation in the level of competition amongst the teams?
2: Yeah, there was some. So over there, um, if you're the bottom two, you move down. If you're the top two, you move up. So there's a lot of teams that move up into our league, and they don't have the funds to get Mm -hmm, professionals mm -hmm. or things like that. So it's their first year in our division, and you can tell. A lot of our games, I've... I don't think I ever scored hundred points on a team. That's right, going over there and we did it like five times because we got oh, I free dinners that. when we'd get a hundred points. So we were really <laughs> on top of <laughs> it, trying awesome. to get there. Um, but yeah, there's quite a drop off. And at the beginning, I just I thought there was just a huge gap. Um, but I realized our team was just very talented. Really good, right? Yeah, once we got into the North Division and they're they're known as a better division um, than the South. And once we were playing them and beating them by 2030 also, I realized just how talented of a team I was playing on.
0: It's uh, it's also an interesting dynamic when you go to play basketball and you've been in college and you're only ever going to be four years apart from one of your teammates, maybe mm-hmm. five years apart. I know a lot of these, you know, the pandemic has made it so maybe even six years apart. I know the Grizz had a couple <laughs> old DNs this last year who are like 24, 25, but still you're all young people, 18 to 23 years old, let's say. Now you're probably playing on and against gals that are 10, 15 years older than you. I mean, is that part strange?
2: Yeah, I think our gap was our youngest was 15 and our oldest was 35. that's,
0: That's the other thing that people maybe don't understand is when you talk about these professional clubs in Europe, you can play for these clubs when you're very, very young. I mean, I remember talking to Harold Frey about this, who was a point guard at Montana State. He started playing professionally when he's like you're saying, 15 or 16 years old. So that's crazy that you have somebody that could be, honestly, somebody's mother on the same team, right?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a 35, 34, and 33-year-old. We were a very uh, old team um, uh-huh. because those girls just wanted to keep playing basketball. Um, but, yeah, having, like, a 15-year-old as well, it's it's different. And
1: what's interesting about it, too, is at least for speaking in my experiences, practice was at night Mm -hmm. because everyone has a regular job. And so it's just an evening practice. So you have your days. I know that was something that you were like, okay, kind of, you know, what are we going to do here? Uh, Because you ended up practicing at night because everyone has side jobs or side professional careers. Um, That was probably interesting. Yeah, that was, I mean, playing for the Grizz and we practice at 6 a.m.
2: and going over there and practicing not till 8 p.m., I would much prefer the mornings. It was hard. You couldn't, can't do much all day. Right. Waiting for like practice. How do, you, how do you
0: plan out, just like the eating part of it, that sounds weird, right? Because, I mean, you don't want to go, you're going to be hungry after practice, probably. You don't want to go with a full dinner before practice, probably. I mean, that part even is probably complicated.
2: Yeah. Um, after practice, we were eating like full meals. Um, <laughs> actually, for Lent, Lizzie and I gave up eating after a certain time (laughs) because we were eating like five meals a day because it was just such a long day. You just Um, find
1: yourself eating. Yeah, I ended up teaching at an international school when I played in Denmark because I had finished my master's degree. So I was able to teach, but I would joke with people that Copenhagen was so spread out. It was like, I would live in Missoula, but teach in Helena and then play basketball in Great Falls. And that's about where I would go every single day on the trains. Mm -hmm. I was on those trains all over the place. And finally I'd get to basketball. It'd be 7 p.m. at night and I'm finally getting to my job because that's what the setup was.
2: Yeah, yeah. Our teammates, they were... Late for a lot of practices because their jobs went long and all that. And Lizzie and I, we just didn't do anything all day. So I think it made us tired. And we'd complain that we were tired once practice came around. They're like, you can't even, you guys didn't do anything all day. (laughs) And they're working their full time jobs and have to go back to work, some of them afterwards. So
0: getting a chance to continue to play basketball is so fun. But I also think the adventure part of this is so fun. You mentioned the trains. Where where have you gone on the train? Have you used the train system? Because that's something that's so talked about in Europe.
2: Yeah, we did use the train. We went to um, Belgium on the train, Berlin. Um, then we flew to Greece, Ireland, London, Luxembourg, Spain a couple times, France. Then we got to Austria and Switzerland. So we made it to 11 countries, so... We, we did good. Super favorite. parts of the travels? Um, Again, the food. So everywhere we went. <laughs> There's it a was, theme here. It yes. was kind of a food tour for us. We did all the sightseeing and we would walk. I'd check my watch after and we'd walk about 20 miles when we went somewhere because we had to get, see everything and eat, try all the food. So we would just walk around the entire city, like London, they're like, You need to get the pass. You need to get on the buses. And we're like, no, we're going to do this and just walk from spot to spot and did a bunch of the tours. And that was really cool. Just the history that's over there. Nothing like we think over here. I think of Anaconda as a historic town because it's old.
0: But over there, it's actual history. I mean, you're talking 100 years old in Anaconda. You're talking 1,000 years old in some of those. I mean, I I watched the show all about Venice the other day fascinating. I mean, those buildings were built almost a thousand years ago. It's crazy. The, the architecture.
1: Culture, we need to take our show on the road. Let's go. And I think so. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> we're, well, I guess with the time difference, that means that we'd be coming. We'd probably have to do it at like midnight to get back to the people here, but either way.
1: Yeah, we should do it. Was that
0: part hard, but just in the time when you come back to America, how, how many, how many hours different is it in Germany?
2: Uh, it was eight. eight. Um, so the beginning was tough. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and like knowing everyone else was awake I think made me stay up sure. and like, I'd reply to someone and then they'd respond right back. So I'd just stay awake or I'd get a phone call. Right. And we didn't have much going on the next day, so it was worth it. But then coming back, I was telling Krista, I made it a point to really try to stay on the European time and wake up as early as I can and go to bed early. So I've been kind of on that still. I go to bed around like 8.30, nine now, which is, I'm kind of embarrassed that I do that. I never would have thought.
1: Ken, so your degree is health and human performance. That's what you got your graduate or your undergraduate degree in. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? Something with your degree, or do you want to continue to play basketball? Like, what's in store for you next year?
2: Yeah, so I've been doing occupational therapy internships um, just to get those hours in case I want to go back to school. Um, I've been talking with Gene still about another year going to play, and been talking to a team. So that's been really nice and just you kind of think you want to be done and then an opportunity comes and you're like, I'm still young, I can still travel and there's nothing really holding me back right now. So,
1: Isn't it amazing that a game that you love so much can give you so many other opportunities that go beyond basketball?
0: I can't remember what yeah. movie it is, but there's the famous line where the guy says, this basketball will take you around the world. And it, it, that's true for bo- both of you. That's so cool.
2: It is true. And um I was telling Krista, I have a teammate and her mom, which was our manager, and they're on a flight right now to come visit Lizzie and I in Montana, which is wow, so cool to me.
0: That's going to probably blow their minds, What just seeing Montana in the summer. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts is bringing people here that have never been to Montana because, I mean, we're all from here. Well, we're still not even used to it, but if you're not, if you've never seen it before, I mean, this is pretty, are you gonna take them to Glacier or where are you gonna take them?
2: Yeah, so I told them that they need to go up to Big Fork on the 4th and see Flathead Lake, yep, get to the yep. parade. And uh, my teammate, she's like, do I have to wear red, white, and blue? I'm like, yes, you, <laughs> you have to while you're here. And then they're gonna go do Glacier by themselves. And then they're actually driving over to Fairfield to the farm. Oh, cool. The Clinker Farm. The Clinker farm. Yeah, farm. And then they're going to Yellowstone. Um, for, so they'll be doing that for two weeks and then her mom's going to fly back and she's going to be with me for a week. So I'll take her floating, take her to the lake, kind of do all the fun stuff around here.
0: You'll maybe take her to Barclays and Anaconda. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. A good <laughs> excuse to go there. I think I still got the black sand in my shoes from oh. the old works yesterday. I, I can't stop thinking about it. What, have you ever played that course? Are you a golfer? Not good. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a little <laughs> secret. Is anyone good? I was gonna say, I'll was tell you a little secret. True. I play golf every single day, and I still am terrible. So I don't know if anybody's actually good. But uh, that course, it's fun. If you ever get a chance to go play it, go do it. Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops, presented by Man Mortgage. Mackenzie Johnson in studio with us here on Nuon is now part of our Where Are They Now? summer series, so let's tie this all together. You played for the Lady Grizz. It was an interesting time for the Lady Grizz when you played there. A a lot of uh, less stability than they had had for a really long time. But how do you think that that experience, especially because maybe it was a little bit up and down, prepared you to go play professionally?
2: Yeah. um, I think I grew a lot in college just dealing with everything any college student has to on top of sports. And um, It was tough. We faced a lot of challenges on that team, um, but I couldn't be more grateful for how much um, it helped me grow and the people that I have now made a connection with through um, that program. And then taking that and translating it over to pro basketball. And um, I couldn't be more grateful for the opportunity that I was given here. Um, And I will say that over and over again, I wouldn't have Want to go to anywhere else? Even though we weren't as successful as I would have liked to be, um, even though I had to go to Germany to win that championship I've been looking for, um, I'm still very grateful for.
1: You won, you won one know. at Helena High, or excuse me, Helena Capital. Oh, wow, did. that's a yeah, big that's, screw.
2: Ooh, up. ooh knowing <laughs> that
1: would be a great Falls girl, but you, for the Bruins, yes, you won a state title.
2: That's true. The first yes. one there, and then the first yes. one in our German team as well. So a lot of firsts.
0: What did it feel like winning a professional championship?
2: It was really cool. And just the excitement. We had a lot of girls on our team that have played there for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And the excitement, seeing how they felt winning. In was, the it their for,
0: was it most of their first championships? Yeah. How cool is that? Very yeah. Cool.
2: And just that club, it was great. And, yeah, and all the kids there. And because those clubs over there, um, as you know, it's such a young age and you just keep going trying to get to the professional side of things right you
1: join a club and we had multiple youth teams in our VRM basketball club Mm -hmm. and then they develop with the goal of trying to play at the elite level or the top team which would be the professional team
2: yeah so the community there is um, pretty cool it
1: got pretty loud in that gym. Yeah. I mean, it didn't hold a lot of people, but it it felt like the fans that you had yeah. were really fired up. They were, and they bring drums,
2: and they pound the drums the entire time. <laughs> wow. They're allowed to say whatever. Well, I couldn't understand some of
1: it, but <laughs> they can say whatever they want. They can yell whenever they want. like... There's, there's never, like, a pause during free throws. Like, nope. there's an, you know, you just are quiet yep. in America during free throws. That's not the case. Not over there. Are yeah.
0: you are you recognizable, like, in the community? Like, when you play for Lady Grizz, you know, people know who you are, and, you know, little kids are saying hi to you and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Do people, where you're at now, recognize you or your teammates or anything? Um, not as much. Yeah.
2: Um, I, a lot of people actually didn't even know that there was, like, a club in the town. Like, hmm. it's not as well-known. Yeah. Um, especially in our community I guess but the kids yes Um, and you can just tell how nervous they are and like English being their second language them to even speak English I think adds a certain level of nervousness as well but I ran a camp there and oh my goodness trying to get a bunch of I think it was six to 15 year olds to listen to you when they can't even understand you that was a challenge for sure but it was really cool
0: do you still follow the Lady Grizz now?
2: Yeah, I actually just worked the camp this oh,
0: cool. week. Oh, Very cool.
2: It was weird kind of being the has-been, though. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> so none as the of the professional kid- basketball player, <laughs> you're not a has-been. You're playing pro and winning championships.
2: That's true, but some of these kids are too young at the Grizz camp. They don't even know who you are anymore. I you know, bet like, you
1: held your own, though, with the Lady Grizz. Did you play? Did you guys play some pickup? I'm not there, but they've come out
2: to Failure Gym a couple times, and playing with them has been fun just a see some of those girls I played with and, but yeah, working camp, a lot of the girls are new,
0: right? A lot of new faces. Yeah.
2: I'm like, I don't even know who you are, which was so interesting to be at that level. I'm like, yeah, I've been out of that for
0: a few years now. Well, very cool. Very fun to hear all of your insights and memories and and thoughts on uh, this great experience. And congratulations. I get an opportunity to have such a great adventure and uh, we'll certainly keep tabs on you and see what what's next. Uh, Mackenzie Johnson in studio with us here around the Big Sky Women's Hoops presented this week by Man Mortgage. Crystal you also have a little uh, youth spotlight for us to to highlight right? I
1: love this youth spotlight. Thank you Ryan Holloway and Miller for bringing this segment to the air each week but this week I had a chance to visit with J.D. Partain of the Missoula Boxing Club and I was so impressed with their mission the Missoula Boxing Club exists to leverage the appeal of amateur boxing for the purpose of academic achievement, positive mentorship, and healthy citizenship in our youth in the nor- in Northwest Montana. And when I visited with him, Coulter, what I was so impressed with, it's a nonprofit. It's a 501c3. Mm-hmm. It's free for all kids ages 9 through 19, but they have to do their homework before they can box. So they come in. They have to check in with the academic coordinator. They actually hired an academic coordinator to go out into the schools to make sure these kids are doing well in school before they can box. And I love that, hit the books before the gloves. I just thought that was just awesome. And they have a need for volunteers or donations. And so if if you do wanna get involved, the best way to do that is missoulaboxingclub.org. Um, the other piece is they had their first show last year And this year, I mean, they had, they expected like 200 and they ended up with 450 people, but it's called the zoo town throwdown and it's November 19th. And so I think that would be great way for the Missoula community to get behind an organization like this really need to see them leveraging, um, a sport to bring, um, goodness to kids.
0: I, I gotta say as somebody whose father taught martial arts all across this country for decades, I think that there's a little bit of a misperception when it comes to combat sports for youths. It's not about hitting anybody. It's about the discipline of being able to control your own emotions and your own aggression. And I think that young men in particular, if they had an outlet like this, they could find themselves so much more centered. And I think a lot of people out there would think, this is going to make my kid aggressive. It's not. It's going to make your kid less aggressive. It's going to make him be able to handle and harness his emotions and also have a positive outlet. I think this is tremendous what these guys are doing.
1: Missoula Boxing Club been around since started in 2019, but 2021 is when they really opened the gym. They served 168 kids in 2021. They're at about 70 now. Just with schools opening back up and, and COVID kind of hopefully going away, some of the, the school sports came back. And so that's that's how some of their numbers have dropped, but they're certainly serving a great number of kids in our community.
0: No, it is now ESPN Radio. We are up against it. But anything left to add around the big CI women's hoops with Chris Redpath, Mackenzie Johnson joining us in studio? Any, any other last thoughts, ladies?
1: Well, I have to talk about
0: oh, your, your, your uh, attire, of me. course.
1: Frank and Eileen denim. They can't keep it on the shelves. Go see Clover. Go see Shannon Callahan. She knows what she's doing. It's nice and soft for all of our viewers that can see me. Um, but definitely go check out Clover.
0: Mackenzie, congratulations on all of your success and th- thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: No one is now ESPN Radio. Rajim Seabrook in the house. NFL, NBA, plus, how about a free six pack of beer and a sandwich from Warren's Market? We'll do that next to close up hour number one. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio.